I'm Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone, and you're listening to The Catherine Zox Show. Joining me today is Eric Yaverbaum, and he is an author and CEO of Erico Communications. We're going to be talking about hate speech to layoffs. Is Twitter becoming the incel town square? Hate speech already saw an uptake on Twitter since Elon Musk's recent takeover. Not to mention that Musk is now cleaning shop with plenty of layoffs planned at the company. From a delay in censoring hate-filled words to layoffs en masse, what will Twitter's reputation become? If this continues, how can we anticipate our view of Twitter to change? Will it keep its spot as a mainstream communications town square? Or will it become equivalent to the next 8KUN? Eric Yaverbaum, CEO of Erico Communications and author of Public Relations for Dummies and Leadership Secrets of the World's Most Successful CEOs, touches upon the negative ramifications of hate speech on Twitter and the potential danger it poses to millions of people. He's been featured in Forbes, Entrepreneur, The Washington Post, The New York Times, and on and on. Welcome to the show, Eric. Nice to have you on this morning. Uh, thanks so much for having me. Great to be okay, here. So Big fan here. We're going to be talking about, I think it's really the last sentence that I said in the intro. Uh, let's talk about the negative ramifications of hate speech on Twitter. And really, as you've said, the potential danger it poses to millions of people. What's going to happen as you see it? Well, I, 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 honestly, who likes, I mean, who, who's voting for hate speech? We got enough misinformation flying all over the place every single day. That's not new. Taking the guardrails off Twitter, uh, to me, seems like an enormous mistake. I mean, they, they, they estimated that in the first 12 hours, uh, since Elon, the first 12 hours of Elon's reign, uh, 4,778 times uh, they, they tracked hate speech on Twitter. Who wants that? And the thing about it is, is I, I guess we'll find out. Because it does seem as if they're loosening uh, the rules every single solitary day. I mean, uh, Elon just tweeted uh, to Tim Cook. Uh, so that'll be an interesting conversation. I don't know whether that's going to be a public one or not. I'm sure Elon would prefer it that way. Yeah. But, yeah, it's, it's, all, it's all very concerning. The thing about Twitter and its role in information dissemination, which people may forget, is, you know, when Captain Sully landed the plane on the Hudson, I was sitting in my office that day, and I'm a, I'm a news junkie. I watch, I track, I trend everything. I mean, I have to, it, it, it's both a hobby and what I do for a living. And on my office wall, I had eight different, eight different uh, cable networks up uh, on the wall, like every day, so I can see who's covering what. very first picture I see of all those people on the wing uh, on, on the Hudson is on Twitter. By eight minutes, eight minutes later, CNN had the same exact photo that I saw on Twitter and everybody did. I knew that day that Twitter was the match that lights a news cycle. And this was long before Twitter became, you know, so influential, you know, in politics, before somebody got in the Oval Office on Twitter, before Twitter was a daily tool, you know, right out of that Oval Office. Uh, It was just the beginning. So it still does remain Twitter, it, it, it still is. It's a match that lights, you know, it, it lights up a news cycle. The question is, is how accurate is the match? But Eric, explain to me this, because it's never made any money. Can we get into that? Is that something, uh, it's always, it doesn't, you know. Well, here's the it, thing about yeah. the real world. Everybody, I mean, remember the first internet bubble and burst? 
I, I had stock in uh, 10 companies. I could have had stock in hundreds. I was an equity shareholder in 10 different companies. None of them made money. Nine of them won Chapter 11. One actually did prevail. Google bought it. But that's the thing about <laughs> business. You actually do have to make money. So that part of what Elon, you know, brings into the, oh, you know, that, that made sense to me. Of course you've got to make money. How are you going to pay the payroll? I mean, how, how are you going to grow the business? You must make money. Twitter never has made money. Never. That's a red flag. That's a problem for longevity. Sooner or later, you got to make money. And look, Elon, Elon is, he's a smart guy. I don't know what his game is with all of this. I'm sure there is one. He plays the media like nobody I've ever seen except maybe a former president before him. He, he, he has done that to his advantage. He's controlled stock prices to, to his advantage. When he feels like sneezing, you know, he can change Tesla. Now he's pulling all of his money out of Tesla, putting it in, well, not all of his money, but a lot, putting it into a platform that's never, ever made money, which is a good reason to take it private. Uh, and now what? You know, what he's doing with that platform, it's quizzical at best. I can't figure it out at all. Yeah, well, that's how I feel. And I keep thinking, well, this guy, you know, this is the multi-billionaire. He has, there's there's a whole lot of stuff there that we don't know about. I mean, that that's under, you know, under all of his, I guess, actions and reactions to what he's doing and firing people and getting rid of people. I mean, he's very purposeful or he had, you know, he, so... Is there, there's some kind of a reason for him doing that, I, and I don't know what it is. Certainly so that's a reason. Why I mean, yeah. and you know, part of the thing about owning Twitter is uh, you can control the narrative on any given day. And uh, you know, ironically to me, as I thought he controlled the narrative on any given day before. I, I, I've been studying him uh, and what he does in, as it pertains to communications. The only thing that I'm an expert at. I could, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not flying rockets, you know, to Mars sort of thing. Uh, Elon could. I mean, Elon is a brilliant, but communications-wise, he, he's always controlled the narrative whenever he felt like controlling the narrative, for whatever reason. You know, at, at some point throughout, you know, the odyssey of buying Twitter, changing his mind, and that, then inevitably buying Twitter, he must have perceived or thought, or maybe still does. It, it to be a communications asset. You know, be careful what you wish for. Well, you, and I think you had written this in an article that I had read that, you know, he bought it for, what, $44 billion? And that he actually, at some point, felt like he wanted to get out of the deal, but then couldn't, so now he's in the deal. And now, Correct. Yeah, okay. So you think he made a mistake? or he felt that he made a mistake, and then he, what, had um, to get in? I never yeah. know with Elon. I mean, the thing with Elon, it, 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 what I'm about to say is pre-him purchasing uh, Twitter. What I watched him do on any given day was literally just decide what the story was going to be about whatever he was involved in uh, until Twitter. Uh, my perception, and who knows, I have no inside information at all. I don't know anybody high up at Twitter. I don't know Elon. Um, I'm, I'm positive that some of the things that I've said about Elon would be uh, not favorably received by him. <laughs> I, I think he's screwing it up. I think he's botching it. Uh, you know, that whole platform, if you're an advertiser, how secure do you feel on Twitter? 
if you're just somebody in the general public who gets your information from there, how comfortable do you feel? Like, it's very, very hard nowadays for anybody to decipher fact from fiction, which we're actually interested in doing. We would actually like to get to the truth of stories. That would be really cool so that we can make, you know, judgments about how we feel, but we can't. It, 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 it's gotten so uh, murky in general, and this isn't a new thing. This is, you know, we're, we're, we're a solid five years into that, if not longer, if not decades, but it's much more pronounced. You know, now I, I don't know what his play is. Uh, I'm positive he's got one, and, and it. But what I do know um, is whatever Twitter was is not what it. You know, it's not what it is today. It's not what it's going to be tomorrow. And uh, Elon's a smart guy. He's doing something. I just don't know what. Yeah, he's doing something. And what is it? And what do you think about? I guess he invited our former. Uh, president to, uh, to yes, open did. up it yeah to open up a Twitter account again what do you think of that and he declined well I'm so well he declined today I mean we'll yeah. see about that I mean <laughs> yeah. yeah and and by the way he declined uh, I mean this is just not my opinion he said it himself um he declined because he's got his own social medium now and as soon as he bolts his own quote unquote social medium it'll be you know, another failed venture like every single solitary one he's ever done in his life, and he's not Bolton. For now, I, I, I bet if you're sitting in the private, you know, uh, in rooms uh, with him, he's he's very very anxious to get back on Twitter, but hasn't you know taken the bait yet. If you're Elon, of course you offer that to him. It'll it, it it'll either piss off or excite. You know, I don't know what the numbers are on that one. Uh, enormous number of people. That's a very emotional thing to people. Uh, can former President Trump be on Twitter, or do you want to keep him off of Twitter like he's been? Either way, it doesn't matter who you ask the question, no matter what you're probably, It's a very emotional response to that one. So, of course, Elon did that. I'm not surprised that former President Trump resisted based on his own truth network, um, you know, which isn't working anyway, sooner or later. Uh, depending on what Twitter becomes. I mean, Twitter's got some growing up to do, that's for sure. The advertisers are bailing. Uh, The high-profile people are bailing, and other people are being let back in. It's ironic, because I did see this morning, uh, you know, uh, my account is... I was banned from Twitter five years ago for, quote-unquote, election interference. My election interference was literally... And I had a very large, well, for me, it was a large fund. I had a half million people following me. I built it up over the course of a decade. I was always very, very active on Twitter, and I got banned. I got banned for uh, saying hashtag vote. That was my election interference, which obviously was not the case. I have no idea what that was all about at the time. I had lawyers. We couldn't figure it out. I just got sick of spending money to get back on Twitter. So I left. You know, my company has a, uh, I don't know, we have a flag on Twitter. We don't do much with it. But uh, I, I, I saw uh, this morning that you guys had tweeted that I would be on the show. Uh, I, I don't know. I can't get back on Twitter still. Elon's letting everybody back in. But me, the great election interference person yeah. who said <laughs> vote, I can't get back on. If you go and you look up my uh, original account, it says suspended. Still, I mean, for whatever number of years. So I don't know who's getting let back in, 
but it seems like all the bad characters are. Uh, somebody like me who flies under the radar, so I, you, you would think. It's not like anybody listening to us right now saying, oh, my God, there's the Aberbaum. There he is. Yeah, I've been waiting for him all my life. Uh, nobody is. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's uh, yeah. I'm in the news every day. I uh, Twitter used to be my thing. Um, I did. I, I you know I was a Twitter enthusiast right from the get go. Uh, but I don't know. Some just some just feels very off to me about it. And as a business model goes, you, when you're not making money, which they've never done, and now you're alienating advertisers, which they are doing. You got to say, okay, so what is the end goal here? What are you trying to do with this platform? Because it's not what it used to be. I mean, uh, when I say it's not what it used to be, I don't mean Twitter isn't. I'm saying that whatever Elon's play is, it's not what the old play was. And that might have something to do with, you know, they make no money. I mean, it, it, in the early days of social media, uh, you, you could decide, did you want to be on Facebook or did you want to be on MySpace? If you put all your eggs in the MySpace basket, I, how many people listening to this show don't even know what MySpace was? It was neck and neck with Facebook. Facebook prevailed. MySpace sort of, you know, withered. And I don't want to say died on the vine. Died. I think they're still there. But, you know, it, did, it didn't work out. What will be of Twitter? I do know that the social media landscape is it'll be different in five years than it is today, I can tell you that. And if we were having this conversation five years ago, we, either of us would have ever heard of TikTok, which has become very influential. What about the idea that this, I, I just saw this, I guess, the other day, the Saudi, one of the Saudi princes just became a huge investor in Twitter. What does that mean? Or does it mean anything? Well, I don't know. How disturbing is that to you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, it, you can't, it, it's, I, I, I would like, in the old days, and it, it, we are not in the old days anymore, so we need to accept that. In the new days, we get our, our information. It used to be, I mean, when I was a kid, when I got into this business, CBS Evening News, Walter Cronkite, and that's the way the news was. The truth about it was, there was a guy named Danny Schechter. He was a producer at 2020, uh, who was a friend of mine. And this goes back 30, 30 plus years. Danny leaves uh, 2020 when they're neck and neck with 60 Minutes, the two most credible news programs you know, on air. I said, what are you, crazy? You're leaving 2020? The book that he wrote was, uh, The More You Watch, The Less You Know. And this is 30 plus years ago. So this isn't a new phenomenon. The thing about it is, is, is that for it is such a crowded space, information dissemination, that is. It's not like you get your news from CBS Evening News or Good Morning America or, or The Tonight Show or whatever you pick. The, your morning newspaper, I, I still actually read newspapers, uh, you get your, in, it's, it surrounds on information now. We get our information from all over the place, pretty much all of us, even if we still do like to, like I do like to read the newspaper. I do love magazines still. Even if you do that, you get your information from all over the place. What you try to do when you make decisions about all sorts of issues is get accurate information, take it in, uh, you decide, you know, what do I like more? What do, what do I think would be better based on the information that I, you know, intake? Unfortunately, because of, you know, artificial intelligence and algorithms, 
we're being guided. We're hearing all of us. It's not, no matter what our opinion is, right, left, up, down, black, white, no matter what it is, we see information uh, because of our own unique algorithms that we want to hear. So we don't see the other side. I, I actually am interested in seeing both sides and then making a judgment on my own. It's getting harder and harder to do that. Throw in the completely inaccurate information, the, the stuff that's just not true. And how, how do you figure it out? It's a very, very challenging time to figure it out, you know, what's real, what's not, what's true, what's not. Yeah, well, I think most people don't do that. We're not able to do that. So you just mentioned, uh, you were saying the future, you know, five years from now, everything's going to be completely different. Well, given all your experience in these 40 years, do you have any kind of a prediction about where we're going? I know you mentioned AI. I mean, where do you think the media, where are we headed? Well, you know, I uh, uh, I, I hope we preserve all the best things of the uh, you know, where we're leaving um, and take them with us to where we're going in the future. I mean, uh, you know, I don't want artificial intelligence running my life. I don't want my algorithm running my life. Uh, uh, I do want to see, I'm very interested in seeing both sides. I, you know, I've been, or I used to be very outspoken about politics. Now it's just perilous to anything that I do to be outspoken about politics. So I'm not, uh, it's just safer that way. I got family, uh, which is, you know, which is a sad statement of the times. It's just reality. Uh, you know, nevertheless, I'm interested in hearing as much as I can. Uh, I, I do think that uh, everybody should be very, very careful about artificial intelligence. Everybody should be very, very careful about your own algorithm. And if you're relying on Facebook for news, I promise you your algorithm is you'll hear what you want to hear and you're not going to hear the other side. So what, you know... What should we be, I mean, you wrote the book or you're the author of Public Relations for Dummies. Uh, what should you just, what should we be doing? And so, you know, you say, you know, you're not getting, we're getting information, you know, because of all these algorithms, we just get the same kind of information or validate everything we already know. We're not looking at the other side, just from a practical Well, not point necessarily. Of- I can listen. Let's just take okay. you as an example. I okay. can listen to your show. Uh-huh. Because I trust you, I can listen to your show. You're 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 a trusted resource for me. So you're one of I don't know ten places that I can get my information from on any given day. Everybody needs to pick their own trusted resources. And you know it's so po- look, uh, this country is so it, it, it's it's so polarizing. I don't I don't expect it to get you know simpler anytime soon. But you need to evaluate and and you know choose on your own. Don't let social media, uh, you know, be your primary resource for, you know, news and information because all you will hear about when uh, I have always said about decision making, when you come to a fork in the road, take it. You can't just sit there and stare and say, oh, there I go road. Do I go left? It'll be paralysis. It'll be there forever. The thing about now is, is when you come to a fork in the road, trust me, your algorithm has already taken you in the direction you would probably would have been inclined to go in. We need to get back to debating both sides. And, and, and we got to talk a little bit more. That would certainly help. We do have to talk a little more. But, okay, you and I are talking. We're of a different generation. Uh, what, what about these, these the younger, the Gen Z and the millennials? They're not 
they don't even talk. I mean, uh, um, no, they don't talk. They te- well, let's look. It all started with the great text. We can all text. We don't have to talk. Uh, you know, the, every, everything about socialization changed the day the text message was born. We never have to talk anymore. Uh, the differential in communication between having an actual conversation, sitting down, oh, we just finished Thanksgiving. Did you sit down at a table without your cell phone for an hour and talk to your family, your loved ones, your friends, whoever you had Thanksgiving with? Did you do that? Did you get a little bit more out of that, you know, interaction, you know, without having a fight about, you know, who you're voting for for president sort of thing? Uh, Interpersonal skills, interpersonal communication, the, the, the value of well, – if I could just look you in the eyes while I'm talking to you, the value of that is significant. We are moving away, uh, away from that. I, I, I hope the new generation who's moving away from it sees uh, uh, perilous to their own health to do that, and good old-fashioned conversation still has a place you know, in information dissemination, and, and, and you ought to do it. I mean, I don't, I'm not perhaps as optimistic as you are. I mean, I'm around a lot of the younger, these, the, you know, the generations that I just mentioned, millennials, Gen Z, but I don't think they're doing that. I think the opposite is happening. No, they're not. Oh, no, they're not. They're yeah, digging they're, in deeper. It, yeah. it, 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 it doesn't mean it can't change. You know, we're digging in deeper to, you know, technology. Look, I, I don't know, less than a decade ago, Time Magazine did say, uh, it was a cover story when artificial intelligence would surpass human intelligence. Uh, and, and we passed that point. Uh, you know, the computers are smarter than us and they're directing us. We don't want that. We, we, you know, we didn't want it in movies in the 80s. We don't want it now. Uh, will kids or, or, or will the younger generations change? Um, will they get politically engaged in ways that we were in you know, previous days? I hope so. What's your experience? I mean, you're in communications, obviously. That's, but what do you see, like in schools of communications? I mean, what kind of uh, when you see these these younger people coming out of these uh, schools of communications, uh, what are they? What's your experience with them? Well, look, there's a exactly what you the the answer you fear the most, <laughs> exactly what you say. Um, does that mean that, you know, it'll go on forever? No, it doesn't mean it'll go on forever, but we are digging ourselves a very, very deep hole and the adults in the room, um, or somebody calls the old people in the room. I have no idea. I've made a very great career out of communicating a great one in many, many different ways over the course of 40 you know, plus years. Communications has always changed. It's never stayed stagnant. It's always evolved. And I've tried to evolve with it. And I am the same, same now, same thing. I mean, if Twitter would let me back on, I, yeah. I, I, I would engage um, just to understand it. What the, what's going on there? Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I, I hope smarter things, uh, smarter heads will prevail. That's what I hope. Okay. I do Eric, know what that, is the know, best? My question is, what is what is the best that we have to offer now in communication? Since you've you've had the privilege or whatever you want to call it of you know over the past forty years of seeing things change and evolve, what's the best that we have to offer? What's gotten? Well, that's the question. Well, I do think that there's some, you know, while everybody's throwing out the old um, to take in the new, I think there's some great 
you know, I think rumors of the brick and mortar press's demise are greatly exaggerated. I do think that it doesn't, if, if I'm on Good Morning America, it still reverberates all over the damn place on social media as opposed to, you know, me doing a post on some social medium. It still has that credibility, still. So, you know, some places do, some places don't. And, you know, we got, you know, we got MSNBC on one side, we got Fox on the other. And, I mean, ironically, I mean, I was a guy, I was on Fox for eight and a half years, a, to- a to- token liberal Democrat on Fox. I thought it was great. I thought, yeah, hey, let, let somebody who thinks differently than you give their point of view, which is what I did for eight and a half years until it just got too toxic to stick around anymore. But, you know, we need more networks. We need more programming where you're allowed to have two different, you know, opinions where two pe- two, if smart people debate, we always get better answers. Intellectual friction is great. This hate and this, you know, violence is just sad. We have a couple minutes left. So uh, great conversation with you today. And we were able to communicate. So, Tell, uh, give us, <laughs> give us, uh, you know, websites that we can go to, to kind of follow up on what we've been talking about and to oh, follow yes. you. you know, unfortunately, as we discussed at the, uh, at the beginning, before we went on air, n- nothing about me can be spelled. Uh, my corporate website is Erico, it's E-R-I-C-H-O-P-R.com. Best thing you can possibly do is Google my name. You'll find me everywhere. You won't remember me after... Five seconds after this interview's over, I wrote PR for Dummies. It was one of seven books I wrote. You will remember PR for Dummies. Just find the guy who wrote PR for Dummies. I'm, I'm everywhere on the Internet. Great. Thanks so much for being on the show this morning. Really, really uh, like Thank you so you. much for having thank me. Thank you. I'm Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone, and you've been listening to The Catherine Zox Show. 